Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, July 10th, 2023. What's going on? How are ya? How's it going? How's it going in your, your, your part of the woods? I'm supposed to tease something without saying what it is because the show's going to be announced on Tuesday. But I'm not supposed to tell you what it is, but I'm supposed to tease you. I'm supposed to tickle you under your fucking chin with a little bit of information. All right. I am going to be doing a show in the, tri- in the tri-state area at a very well-known uh, establishment. <laughs> I've done the establishment before. All right, I'm going to be doing it in November, but I am not allowed to say the name of the venue. I don't understand this. This is like a certain streaming service that you're not allowed to say, you know, when when you have a project coming out. It's like you cannot say when it is coming out until halfway through next Thursday. It's only Monday. Oh, my God. What if you fucking say what if you put that information out three and a half days earlier? Are people not going to go see it? Are they not going to go to the show? I don't understand it. But, you know, if I've learned anything in life, it's to keep my mouth shut and not think for myself. (laughs) And let the sociopaths that effortlessly ascend the ladder of power because they have no fucking empathy whatsoever. Just listen to them. They know what to do. Um, anyway, fucking flew back from uh, Atlantic City via Philadelphia yesterday. Uh, by the way, Philadelphia, exciting city to see. You come around the corner on the highway and there it is. That's a fuck, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm sick of every time there's a sporting event. They have to go up to the biggest fucking mouth breather in Philadelphia. Just to, oh, I'm fucking standing there with my broad. I hit on 10 chicks and I have a little dick. I don't give a fuck. You seen that one? It's just like, is it always that guy? The guy with no self-esteem, complete fucking moron. Those guys from Always Sunny are from Philadelphia, right? I worked at them before. Three of the smartest guys I ever met. They're from Philadelphia. I talked to one of them. He watched the Marx Brothers growing up. That's what the smart kids did. The dummies like me watched the Three Stooges. I refuse to believe that everybody in Philly is that fucking stupid. I go there. They're not that stupid. You go to a sporting event. I, I just feel like it's, it's just like uh, they feel like they have to do it. Like, you know, when a celebrity like sort of builds, you know, like a Belushi or something. They build their life around Chris Farley, like being that guy. Then all of a sudden they get trapped. They feel like they have to be that guy. I feel like Philly sports fans are like that. It's like all the cameras on. I have to rep Philly. (laughs) Let me go. Let me fucking uh, deep throat a cheesesteak and then go puke on a cop, you know, or whatever the fuck it is they're doing. I I don't know. I still like the city, you know. Anyway, so we, yeah, we were driving down from Allentown. But yesterday, uh, I got to give a shout out to American Airlines. We were uh, leaving, departing, and I was really nervous that we were going to get stuck there because of the global warming that, for whatever reason, they're not talking about. Last week, 
I got stuck for eight hours because of these insane fucking storms with lightning and all of this shit. And, uh, you know, I'm getting calls from comedians around the country. I can't get out of Oklahoma. I can't get out of Vegas, you know. And I've been doing the road long enough. This shit didn't happen. It didn't, it didn't like, uh, on this level. Like, I got three di- calls from different comics in different parts of the country saying the weather was too fucked for them to get out of there. So I just have to hold on to the fact that they're going to figure this out and somehow they're going to fix it. But anyway, so last week I ended up with Dean Del Rey. We did, what we did? We did Hershey, we did Newark, um, and we did Bridgeport, Connecticut. We had a great time. We go to Newark Airport, we say goodbye to Club Soda Kenny, and thus began, you know, eight and a half hours of delays while they had to wait for the lightning and all this stuff to go away, right? So the whole time, you know, um, Saturday night or whatever, I was thinking like, man, I just wish they had red eyes going the other way. You know, they only have red eyes going from west to east. I wish they had one. I I would step off stage here in Atlantic City. I'd go fucking jump in a car, go right to the Philly airport, you know, and then go to sleep. Uh, But nope, I didn't. I had like a 10.49 a.m. flight. We get there. It's looking overcast. It's cool. Doesn't seem like the temperature's high. I'm like, all right, here we go. We're going to get out of here. We get on the fucking plane. We push away from the gate at 1049. This is all fucking good. We're out on the taxiway and ba-bum, ba-bum, bam. The dude pulls over. Let me tell you something. When they pull over, they never get back on the taxiway to go to the runway. They always pull over and they say, we're just going to shut it down here for a second. Uh, We got a little bit of weather out there. Uh, First of all, once that happens, then you have like you have to wait to get clearance. As far as my limited understanding, you have to wait to get clearance again, and that involves resubmitting your IFR flight plan, and you have to get let back into the system. And the system is tracking all flights along your path to make sure that at no point are you going to fucking smash into somebody else, um, or whatever. So. Long story short, the guy goes, all right, yeah, yeah, you know, actually, it's looking up. They're going to try to, blah, 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 blah. oh, actually, it isn't. And then, oh, it's looking up. And then all of a sudden, he's just like, ah, I got some bad news here. Me and my co-pilot just timed out as we flew up here from Miami this morning. We got to take you back to the gate. Nah, we got to get you another flight crew. Unfortunately, I don't have any more information, which is the number one thing. The number one thing said in aviation other than, sir, can you please take your seat, is I don't, we don't have any more, I don't have any more information. Ma'am, is there any way you can turn down the intercom? No, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing, I don't have any more information. You mean to tell me somebody installed this intercom on 10 and it, that's the only option to have? Sir, there's nothing I can do. I don't have, they always do that shit. So we go back to the gate and we're getting off the fucking thing, Right? At this point, I just call Kenny. I don't give a fuck. I go, dude, I'm going to blow all my gig money. Just give me a fucking... I'm not doing this again. All right? I want to go home. I want to see my fucking kids. Just get me a fucking job. It's going to be all your gig money. I don't give a fuck, right? So we're just sitting there. I'm fucking eating a burrito. And I'm just standing there. You know, and it was funny. I didn't even talk to the gate agent. Everybody else did. She's like, I'm sorry. I don't have any information. Uh, There's no information. 
there's information, I don't have it, right? And she's just standing there. So me and fucking Dean get the burrito. And then Dean's eyes light up. He goes, dude, there's a pilot. There's another one. They get, I don't know where the fuck these guys were. We got off the plane and 20 minutes later, American Airlines had another flight crew to take us across. I've never had that happen. When the flight crew times out, forget it. You might as well start looking for real estate. <laughs> you might as well start looking for real estate in that area because you are not going to be fucking leaving until the next fucking day. I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. Uh, you have a voucher for this hotel. The hotel's sold out. I'm sorry. You're going to have to figure it out. I got to figure it out. Um, but American Airlines had a flight crew. We got back on. You know, it wasn't too bad. I was only like a two, three hour delay. But I was just going like, I am literally going to get home at like fucking one in the morning. My kids are going to be asleep. And I already FaceTimed him. I said I was going to come home, ride bikes, play with them and all of that stuff. So I had a little moment. I didn't believe in American Airlines. And God damn it, they came through. We're American Airlines. Getting you a new flat crew. Um, so anyway, I had a great, great trip uh, back east um, in Allentown. Living here in Allentown. You know, I went there and I was expecting to see a Rust Belt city or the remnants of it. I was expecting to see the big factory or whatever. And it wasn't there. And I was kind of talking to people. You know, when you go into town, there is sort of this giant, looks like a church of satan you know we could see at one point it was beautiful but now that it's kind of run down it's taken on this ominous vibe was still really cool and then right after um you went past that big building there was all of these houses like next to each other like when when they used to run the end credits at the end of uh, all in the family and i was thinking like these were probably the workers houses you know they got them all right next to each other god forbid they get they get a little bit of fucking they get a yad to stretch their f- legs out on, right? And I built this whole thing up and people were like, yeah, no, that's not what it was. And I didn't even know what they were, you know, I was doing the show, so I couldn't quite hear what they were saying, but ended up looking up that song, Billy Joel. Living here in Allentown. It was actually about Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And just Allentown sounded better. So that's what he did. And that's back before social media, so no one could go, you know, on the internet and trash Billy Joel and be like, oh, hey, fuck stick. Uh, there's actually no fucking Rust Belt shit here. Uh, I think you're either talking about Bethlehem, fucking something else or something else. Um, by the way, I am, uh, my latest addiction, my fucking cell phone, I am really trying to just, uh, I've gotten back into reading books. I was in a car the other day or something and this this city bus went by. You know, they got the big fucking windows and every single person they went by was just staring at their phone. Now, I think that's great for public transportation. Okay, the more people are staring at their phones and not looking at each other, I feel like the less fights there are. You know, like back in the day, it'd be like you could only look at like the, the, the advertisement and subway signage for so long before your eyes came down and they met somebody else's eyes who was then just like, what the fuck are you looking at? And then there was a, the thing. Now everybody's just staring at their phones. Um, I swear to God, you could stab somebody in the neck like four times before anybody would even notice 
Unless the person started kicking their legs like that police officer in the beginning of No Country for Old Men and was leaving the black marks on the floor. Um, so anyway, and I also noticed like I go on social media and the level of fucking like this, this sort of this, this new toxic self-help out there, you know, where first of all, everybody's like given like this life advice and it's just like, what is your life? I got to see what your life is that you've applied this and that it works. Are you even a therapist? Like who the fuck are you? Right. And now it's become like this sort of aggressive self-help where they, they put this panic in you like a used car salesman. Hey, I got another guy coming down to look at it in 20 minutes, right? Um, like, the, you know, in the, last, in the last 30 seconds, you just aged 40 seconds. Think, in a, think about that, you know? But if you eat the, you know, my liver, I went to the doctor, my liver, I, I'm 51, my liver is 65. But after taking this stuff, my liver is now 37 and I'm 26. My dick works again and I'm fucking, it's like, what is this shit? It was something about kids going like, 90% of the free time you have to play with your kids happens before they're nine years old. 45% of that happens before they're five it's just like, what is this fucking, first of all, what is this? What is this for? It's just, and I just get off there going like, oh my God, I'm a fat fuck who doesn't spend enough time with this kid whose uh, fucking liver is beyond his age and blah, 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 blah. It's like, I want to go back. I, they should have like, you know, they, they have like, uh, you know, bands every, every three years, somebody's bringing it back. You know, Lenny Kravitz, he's bringing it back. Jet. They're bringing it back. And there's always a rock band that's bringing it back. Lenny Kravitz came out and he was like, fuck that wireless shit. I'm using the old Marshalls with the coil thing. Fucking, uh, I don't know. They're, they're, like, as far as rock music, there's been a band every fucking six years is, is bringing it back, right? They should do that with social media. Like, I want to go back to old school social media where it was just watching someone get kicked in the balls or watching somebody butcher Slash's solo on Sweet Child of Mine. Like, just somebody getting shot with a BB gun in the middle of a river as he screams before his voice changes. Remember that one? That fat guy on the fucking dirt bike, he went to go over the jump. I think that's still on my MySpace page. I just don't know how to get to it. It was just fun. It was... (laughs) You know what I sound like? I sound like old rappers. You know when they talk about, like, the early days of hip-hop, like, man, it was just fun. It was just a party, you know? But that, they used to say that when it, then it became, like, gangster rap and there was, like, all of that, all of that fucking drama going on um, before now. Now, now what is, is it the drugged out? I have no idea what's going on. I just know if you just say, if you just say they're drinking lean, you can kind of sustain yourself in the conversation for about eight seconds before people know you have no idea what you're talking about. Um... Anyway, but I think also, uh, that music and all of that stuff always gets defined the same way Philly, the people of Philadelphia get defined by that upper deck fucking moron who's at least 18 beers in, you know, how they get defined by that. I think today's, um, like probably all all straight across music. There's fucking great music out there. It's just everybody's focusing on the pop shit, which, you know, 
has always sucked, right? I love the nightlife. I got to boogie on the disco. Oh, yeah. It was always shit. <laughs> la, 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 la. La, 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 la. That's always been that shit. And then there's been like real shit going on that a smaller segment. I don't know. I'm just watching and I, and I was doing it for a while and I hope you guys have noticed I've stopped doing it. I'm, I, I was becoming the old guy that was saying everything, even though I'm saying I want to go back to social media that doesn't make me feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a de- bad dad, you know? I just want to see somebody get hit in the nuts. Or, or, or attempt something, you know? That's why that fail army shit, you know, for the most part is still just the, is the easy listening of like, uh, of the social medias, I think. Um, anyway, oh, I just forgot what my fucking point was. I was talking about, oh yeah, how like, I love how anytime there's, you, you, you post any clip of comedy from back in the day, like old people like me got to sit there going like, you can never fucking do this today. I mean, people would be fucking fainting on the sidewalk, grabbing their fucking general neutral genitals. It's like people have always complained. Comedians have always gotten in trouble. I sat down and I thought about it. I'm like, this, this, it's just, it's just easier to bitch. And it's easier to see back in the day. If something came out, people didn't like the networks, telephones, systems, like broke with all of the people calling in upset about whatever whatever episode of whatever show just came out or whoever hosted, you know, SNL or whatever happened on The Tonight Show, they would get a flood of calls. But we as regular people couldn't read the phone calls, couldn't hear them, couldn't see them. That's why it just seems like Lenny Bruce, as far as comedians, Lenny Bruce got in trouble. He got arrested. George Carlin got arrested. Fucking Pryor got in trouble. Kinnison got in trouble. Dice Clay got in trouble all the way through. There's just been, that's always happened. Like a comedian puts out the fucking special. Somebody doesn't like it. Somebody flips out, blah, 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 blah. That, that has always been happening. People have always been seeing Super Bowl halftime shows all the way back to fucking Janet Jackson. That was 20 years ago. People didn't like that. Maude doing the fucking abortion episode. Uh, I'm sure the people that made the Jeffersons got shit for having an interracial culture. What are you teaching our kids? Blah, 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 blah. All the, all the way fucking, all the way back to when Nat King Cole got his own show. Why are you giving this black guy a show? It's always fucking happened. All right. So there we go. So I'm just going to live in this auto-tuned world. <laughs> Try to be a nice guy. Um... So we did Allentown, had such a fucking great time. It's a, uh, it was actually the Flyers uh, minor league uh, hockey arena. So those things are always great. They're always like the perfect, like sort of size. They, they kind of look how like probably the spectrum looked back in the day where the fans were on top of the game. So I really felt like the crowd was like on top of me and you could just have a killer show. But um then we went to Atlantic City, and uh, I just sat on, on the boardwalk for like two days, and I'm still post-mushroom high, you know? So I'm just looking at everybody in like a positive way and everything, and I had fucking 
empathy for these people as they're walking down the thing. But I, you know, not gonna lie to you, I was like making fun of them on stage or whatever. But like, um, you know, as much as these politicians just sit there and they walk around and they talk about, they still gas up this country about, you know, how great a country and it is and everything like that. But I have to be honest with you, you know, there's a lot of talk about how we treat our veterans and homeless people and drug addicts and all that type of shit. I'll be, I would throw just the average fucking person in there. If you just saw the lack of education walking up and down that boardwalk, uh, just in a nutritional sense, like what people don't know about what you should eat and what you should not eat. And then the amount of dads that did not stick around to raise their daughters to not walk down the fucking goddamn Dude, there was like, I mean, I'm talking like, it looked like Jerome Bettis in a fucking bikini within like a fishnet thing over the top of it. Well, that's actually insulting. Probably Jerome now, now that he's not playing. Why am I, what I have to suggest that he's fat? All right, I'm going to leave all of that out of that. Refrigerator Perry, that's what it looked like. The white, black, and Latino version of that in like a thong bikini with a belly actually you don't even need the front of the bikini because the fucking, the belly's going to hang down far enough to hide your bush. <laughs> and then guys just waddling down the fucking, here they are, they're down there to buy more of that food. Now, having said that, I got a gyro when I was down there. That was outstanding. You guys suggested some places uh, off the beaten path. I never ended up getting there. I just had, I had some uh, anything betters to, to record with Paul Verzi. And, uh, and then also I rented a drum kit and I got to jam on it the second day up on the stage in that empty, empty uh, conference room that I was performing at in Atlantic City. Oh, and... Jim Florentine came down the first night. It was fucking awesome. Or was it the second night? Might have been the sec- second night. First night? Second night? I can't remember. No, first night. Came down the first night. Anyway, so I went up there and I got to be like, they mic'd up the drums. They sounded unfucking believable. And I got to be honest with you guys, I thought I was fucking killing it. And I kept looking up at the sound guy like, he's probably thinking, like, wow, man. I mean, I knew he was good at stand-up comedy, but God damn, this guy should play in a band. And uh, Kenny took some video of it. And I was like, oh, I could post this shit. And people would be like, wow, man, that's fucking cool. And I watched it and I was just like, what the, f- what am I hearing in my head versus what I'm seeing in this video? Ah, it was fuck, it just fucking ruined didn't ruin it, but I mean, I, I played better than I did. But I always think I'm fucking like, you know, fucking rocking out and slamming the drums. And then I look at myself and say, it's just fucking ugh. Ugh. embarrassing. Shut it off. <laughs> so anyway, um, ended up finally getting home. Oh, here's a uh, here's a travel tip for you. All right, I was flying out when I was flying out uh, from L.A. out to wherever the fuck I flew, Newark, I think. Um, 
they had those live flat bed seats. It was like, oh my God, fucking fantastic, right? Here's the thing about that. After you have them lie flat, before you, you bring them back up again, make sure you, you, ha- you know where your wallet, your phone, and your keys are because they fall out of your pockets. And if they go underneath that fucking thing and you, you bring it back up like an accordion, you're going to have to spend 20 minutes trying to find it, which is what happened to me. And this poor woman in front of me, I found my wallet before. Dean Del Rey found it um, first. And it's funny, you know, you think you're up in first class until you look under the seat. You're like, oh, my God, Jesus, Jesus. Um, and we, we helped that woman for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, look for her phone, and we just could not fucking find it. Um, anyway, just, 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 yeah, just a little travel tip there for you. Um, so... Anyway, I'm still uh, I'm going to still stick with the drums. I brought my little jazz book out there, you know. Played a little bit of that and uh they got me this killer Ludwig kit, you know, with some Zildjian K's and uh sounded amazing. I had to crank the snare up a little bit, but whoever tuned him up, they he kind of put him right at, everything was at the low end, which I thought was really a great thing because then if I want, you know, it's so much easier to, to tune shit up than to, to have to, for anyway, for me to, to have to like drop it back down again. And um, I listened to some, you know, on the plane, I was, I listened to that Massey Hall concert with uh, Max Roach, Charlie Parker, Art Blakey. And I'm starting to understand like a little bit like these different eras of, of jazz. It's kind of like the same with like rock where like, you know, it goes through periods of speeding up, slowing down, being more paddleable to the masses, being more underground, going away, people saying it's dead, somebody bringing it back. Um, you know, like I didn't, I thought I knew, I didn't even understand what bebop was. I thought I knew what bebop was. I, I, I didn't. And I never understood the birth of cool and all, all these different like, periods of it and now i'm just listening to it and i'm actually beginning to like oh yeah that's completely that's way different but i didn't realize like i I like the bebop drums i like that you know that phrasing and all that and i didn't realize like dude that's like fucking early days of speed metal like trying to keep up with those tempos it's like i can't fucking play i I, I thought i was gonna sit there and play along to this shit i can barely keep the ride simple going (laughs) (laughs) but what i am happy with is my thing for the longest time, which really hampered my knowledge of it, other than my lack of musical ability, was the the fact that it was that it wasn't in stereo was really hard for me to listen to. Um, and now I'm kind of getting I'm I'm pushing through that. And uh, I read this cool thing John Riley wrote, the drummer, not John C. Riley, the amazing actor and musician. Um, he was talking about the drummer's role. You know, you're listening to the soloists and they're either building building up to a, uh, you know, to a solo or coming down from it or sort of just cruising and riding out. And you have to understand, you have to listen to them and understand what that is. Um, and then it just seems like, but if you feel like, you know, you want to bring it back up again, you can try to egg them on. And say some shit on the drums. It's like, 
just listening to that, it's like, wow, these guys were drumming the way all the comics that I admired when I came up, they were like free. It's like they had their act, which was almost like a basic song structure. And they know where it was going, where, where they were starting and where they were going to end up, but they didn't know how they were going to get there. And, and I remember the difference between opening for someone that did it the same way every single night as far as like, start with this joke, I say this joke this way every night, and then that leads to this joke, and this is a segue, blah, 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 blah. And they just did the whole thing, as opposed to working with these other guys that would just go up there, and every time they would go on stage, they would just start talking. And they had, there was like this freedom. And I also noticed like the wait staff was like me. Like every show, they were, they were like, well, what's going to happen? Because you didn't know what was going to happen. Even the comic didn't know what was going to happen. And I kind of feel like, like that style of music is like that. And uh, I don't know. I'm kind of excited to continue uh, listening to stuff like that. Um, hang on a second. What do we got here? Oh, look who it is. The lovely Nia looking even more lovely today. How are you? Very much. Um, I'm good, thank you. I wanted to tell you a little housekeeping thing. So I don't know if you want to pause real quick. What is the housekeeping thing? Did I do something wrong? Uh, Yeah. And you're out of here. That's it. <laughs> That's it. The housekeeping is I'm cleaning up house, starting with you. What ha- What happened? So pack your shit, get the fuck out. No, no, no. I, there's just some people here doing some work, so I just wanted to let you know. Oh, all right. Yeah, and I have to go. I have a call at 10, so I got to go. All right. But hi, everybody on the podcast. Okay. It's been a while. I need to come back on and answer some some questions or something. Yeah. Right? Don't you think? Right. I think so. You want to answer a question right now? I can no, skip I, right to that. No, I have to go. I have a call. I just said. I the have first to thing says cheesesteak. Okay, bye. Oh, cheesesteak. Nia loves <laughs> a cheesesteak. My favorite Nia, favorite. Go. I'll be done in an hour. Let's get coffee after. I'm going to the gym. Let's get coffee after. The gym. We'll get coffee. No, after. I'm going to the gym. All right. Well, then we'll get coffee after the gym. That's what I was waiting for you to say. Goodbye. All right. See that? She must be one of these fat people walking down that boardwalk in Atlantic City. Um, all right. Oh, you know what? I don't even have any reads this week. Oh, Jesus. Fucking probably fucking pit. Oh, oh, was I? Oh, Bill, do you think you were too edgy? Shut up, Bill. All right. Yes. Rec- Andrew's like, where the fuck is the podcast? Yes. I'm texting right now. Recording now. Salt peanuts, salt peanuts. All right, here we go. I'm just going to read these. This might be a little short, but it isn't really short if you do the math. All right? Because every 30 minutes you listen to a podcast, it's actually 40 minutes if you think about it. Okay? But in, in 90% of your quality time with me was already in the first six minutes. Um, no, I'm not doing any advertising, which usually takes me, I don't know, a good seven, eight minutes depending on how many, well, but I also, I like to think I joke my way through it. I like to think the whole thing is entertaining. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Cheesesteak. All right, so last week, I was saying how I was not going to get a cheesesteak. I, fi- I finally gave in um, when I was in Atlantic City. And I got it at White House. All right? And I just said that. So every single fucking person in the Philadelphia area can go, oh, what the fuck did you go there for? You went to the wrong place. You fucked up, blah, 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 blah. I just don't, like, 
I just don't understand why can't like this is this is something that's never happened in Philadelphia. All right. I got a cheesesteak. Oh, where did you go? I went so and so. Oh yeah? Oh, that's great. That never happens. Well, what the fuck did you go there, Fig? You never you never go to the right place. Uh I don't like that place. Yeah. You like that place? I don't like that place. All right. So I was saying that I can't eat those things anymore because it's a poor quality, it's a poor cut of meat and whatnot. I eat all of that stuff and I love it when I'm eating it. And then afterwards, I feel like I, I literally have like a, I ate a fucking rain boot. So this person is defending, this person actually has the audacity to defend the cut of meat that is in a cheesesteak. He's actually, I've read it already. And this person is going to try to convince me that this is a high quality cut of meat. Right. And a high quality cut of meat. Why would you keep that in a steakhouse and charge and charge premium dollar for it when you can fucking send it through a paper shredder and put cheese whiz on it and charge fucking eight bucks for it? All right. But here we go. This is this guy's theory. I don't buy it. All right. I'm already trying to taint you with my point of view. Cheesesteak. Cheesesteak meat is shaved ribeye, you ginger cunt. They take the unportioned section of the ribeye comes from the, yeah, the unportioned, the shit that they don't, that they're not going to serve at a steakhouse. Exactly. So it's, it's the shit section of the ribeye. The ribeye comes from IE, the prime rib. Yeah, but prime rib isn't a ribeye. You're talking about that entire cut of fucking meat. And within all of that is all these cuts of meat and certain Certain parts of that steak are worth more than others because it's a better quality of meat, better tasting, more flavorful. And then the shit on the ends, they sent through a paper shitter and down your fucking throat with cheese whiz on it. All right, here we go. They take the unportioned section of the ribeye, comes from IE, the prime rib. Stick in the freezer for 30 minutes to stiffen up, then slice it thinly using a deli slicer or a paper shredder. Uh, you're not feeling sick because of a mystery meat. I wasn't saying it was Mr. Meat. I'm saying it was a poor quality of meat. Uh, you're feeling sick because of the amount of fat and carbs you're eating from a fatty cut of meat. <laughs> Synthetic cheat. Yeah, fatty cut of meat, buddy. Exactly. Listen, you know what you're doing right now? Let's just say you got the cheesesteak and they all robbed the bank. What's happening right now is the unportioned section of the ribeye is trying to cut a deal with the cops to say, hey, I'm not I want to get less of a sentence. I know people died during that smash and grab. I'm going to say who they are. I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to rat them all out. All right. You want me to name names? I'll fucking name names. All right. The carbs, the, it was the cheese, was synthetic cheese. It was the fried onions. And essentially, uh, the loaf of bread was the guy who put it together. I was just driving the car. He says, anyway, anyways, best wishes to your diabetic ass and go fuck yourself. Sir, um, yeah, you kind of, I, I, you have not changed my thoughts whatsoever. You know, let's actually look this up because I, I used to look this up and I always found this fascinating. Um, they, they used to have like a picture where they they would they would diagram out all the different like cuts of a steak. Let me I don't I don't know what to look look up here though. 
Um, different cuts of steak where they come from. All right, here we go. But da 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 da. All right. Okay, here we go. All right, the top of the cow is sirloin. Mid, this is like right in the middle of its body. Mid is thin flank, and then briskets at the bottom. Then you got shin. This is all in the bottom. This is also the, the whole expression of living high on the hog. So the higher up you were on like a pig or on like a steer, you're eating a better cut of meat. Um, on the back end, you got the thick flank, the rump. Uh, I want them to diagram the whole steak. Notice that in all of this, you don't hear cheesesteak. <laughs> it doesn't even come up. Like, how far into the liner notes of the fucking thing do I have to go? Like, why do you have to argue with me on this one? I'm not looking this fucking shit up, Okay. We have in Boston, we have what's known as a steak and cheese. And if you're going to fucking, fucking sit there and try to suggest that that meat is the same fucking meat I get at a goddamn steakhouse in Boston, they just froze, they, it's just the end of one and they froze it up. There's a reason why they do it. All right? It doesn't cook as well. It's too fatty, blah, 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 whatever the fuck the chef reason is for it, they removed it. And then they're like, well, we're wasting money. We need to find a way to fucking dress this shit up and serve it to these people so we can still make money or sell it to people that have lesser restaurants, i.e. steak and shake fucking places. That's what the fuck they do. I'm not getting into this with you, buddy. Okay, you know what? It's actually, I'm eating a frozen ribeye. That's, yeah, that's what it is. Oh my God. Listen, I'm not saying it tastes bad. I'm just saying I can't fucking eat it. And I was right. I, I, I want to say I was right. I just want to be right for once in my life. For once in my life, I have a fucking opinion. I'd like someone to listen to. All right, farms and independent news. You're probably right. But you know what? I, I know like nothing starts a debate like bringing up food. You know, global warming, people don't care. I mean, that's just the end of the world. Let's talk about what is on our sandwiches. Um, I can tell you this right now, okay? If they had more steakhouses serving actual ribeyes on the boardwalk of Atlantic City, those fucking people would not be looking like that instead of feeding them more cheesesteaks. Dude, it's not me, man. <laughs> Who's that dude with the 6'9 on his face? That's what the meat is in that sandwich, just ratting everybody out so he can get out of fucking prison. All right, Farms and Independent News. Uh, Dear Wicked Willie, I'd like to correct last week's listeners about the farmland confiscation. Oh, here's somebody who works for Buckingham Palace or some shit. I don't know. Uh, it's happening in the Netherlands, not Norway. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's blood boiling what's going on there. The news has tried to smear them as right wing. Their story is frustrating because there is literally no one but independent new outlets that will oh no nobody but independent news outlets that will give their side of the story. Yeah, it's fucking evil. Um I wish more people realized how much mainstream news on the conservative side 
and the we do new, no fucking wrong, bleeding heart, fucking asshole liberal side. The liberal side fucking infuriates me because I'm liberal and I'm watching these people acting like they give a fuck about people and they don't. And it drives me up the fucking wall. It, everybody on CNN can just, they, they, just all of that. It's corporate fucking news. All right? Sorry. All right. You go to Fox News, you know that they only give a fuck about themselves. That's what I expect. Um, all right. Also, I'd like to add a glimmer of hope to terrible world media, the, uh, to terrible world of media we live in. Oh, good. In the last few years, independent journalists have been gaining a lot of traction. Yeah, they're going to be our only hope, but they're going to have to somehow try and unify people. You know what I mean? Even what I just did there, like, but that's why I try to trash CNN and Fox. I'm not trying to divide people. I'm trying to get people out from underneath listening to them. You know what I mean? It's like you ever be with somebody and like they, 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 they I don't know, they just... They have a bad manager. They have a fucked up parent. They just have somebody that they just turned over all of this, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you're just trying to get them out of that zombified fucking state into uh, my world of intelligence. (laughs) Sorry, every once in a while. I get up on the stump and then I'm like, wait, what am I doing? I went to summer school. Um, Anyway, let's continue reading here. Also, I'd like to add a glimmer of hope to terrible world media we live in. The last few years, independent journals have been getting a lot lot of traction. The most interesting thing is that progressive-leaning and conservative-leaning independent journalists agree on a lot. Oh, my God. Is this a prank? That's what I'm hoping will happen. Check out Rising on the Hill Network. They run daily shows on YouTube that cover the news in the same way. Yeah, I like Jimmy Dore. Agree with them or not, I like Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore seems to be holding everybody accountable, which is why I feel like he gets attacked all the time. Uh, oh, trouble in the Suez. Billy Joel, I actually looked that up. Uh, we didn't start the fire. Here's all my excuses to not be a good person. All right, trouble in the Suez. It's likely referring to the war that happened in the Suez Canal in Egypt in the 60s or something. There's been several historic events surrounding issues with it. Although most recently that cargo ship that got wedged in it trying to do a fucking U-turn or some shit. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. I thought you were actually going to go into what happened. I actually looked it up and for what I can remember, it was, um, I think there was a transfer of power where Egypt had the audacity to want to control the canal. And then other people say, well, fucking Britain or America, whoever built it. But it's going to be like, well, who did they build it with? Slave labor, probably with Egyptians. And then there's all of these different stats on how many people died. Like 120,000 people is the height. And then somebody else is like, it's only like 3,000 people. (laughs) Imagine if you built, well, a football stadium isn't a comparable thing because... It's just a football stadium. There actually was literally separating Africa, a continent from uh, Asia, right? You used to be able to walk from Asia to fucking Africa, right? Um, 
yeah, so then, then there was this big fight. The Israelis came in, engaged, and then we had to come in and defend the Israelis, I think. I don't know what happened, but uh, it just seems it's the usual stuff over there. That was trouble in the Suez. Uh, could you write a book? Hey, Billy Bob Thunder. <laughs> hey, Billy Bob Thunderthighs. Um, I just pictured Phil Hartman when he was being uh, Bill Clinton going for a jog and, and stopping at McDonald's, that sketch. And I also remember when Bill Clinton used to go running and he wore those short shorts and he had those giant, like, fucking milky thighs. Um, I've listened to the podcast since high school and I'm a fan of your work. I know that you can't read all that great, but I wondered if you'd ever write a book. Uh, I'm reading Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lads, and I've been thinking how great it would be to hear old Billy's memoir. I bet you've got some wisdom to share somewhere in that dented pumpkin head. (laughs) Come on, man. I got enough hangups. I don't need to know my head needs Bondo. Uh, Good luck on your hundredth. I've been working out routine. (laughs) we need you around for your shit jokes go fuck yourself hey fuck you man stop acting like you found out a a a a workout plan and you stuck with it and didn't start and stop all right i don't need this shit you heard what happened i kept saying how many times did i have to tell my wife i'm going to the gym i'm going to the gym i'm going to the gym right because she wants to go out and go get fucking coffee you know because she's 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 living her best life she got her revenge body for the fucking Christmas season or whatever the fuck you're supposed to do. All right, next. Giants in the USA. Giants in the USA. This looks interesting as hell. Hey, Bill, have you seen this? The book begins with this quote from Abraham Lincoln in 1848. Giants were clearly a real thing to him. Now, this is his quote. The eyes of that species of extinct giants whose bones fill the mounds of America have gazed on Niagara as ours do now. Wow, what a slick way to just completely go around organized religion, not even address it, but dunk in their face by saying that. You know what? I bet that is just a big of reason that he got fucking assassinated. You have to organize religion or if you say, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't oppress other people. Those are the two fucking biggest ways to get yourself whacked. Um, There have been hundreds of sites or not giving them a war. There's been hundreds of sites with giant bones buried in them discovered across the USA in the last 400 years. Why wouldn't we talk about that? That's fascinating. Why do people have a problem with the fact that we're not the only thing in the universe? It's not good for business. In the name of the father, the son, the yamaka, and the fucking whatever else you're fucking into. And many documented in newspaper articles from the 19th century, which are shown in the book. In the last 150 years, the bones have tended to go to the Smithsonian where they disappear. Dude, what level of wealth do you have to get to? You know what I mean? Where you live forever, you see the giant bones, you know? 
you're talking to aliens, they take you up on the spaceships, right? Maybe that's what happens. Maybe that's the, the, the Illuminati level rich people. Maybe they don't die. They just fake their death and they get on a flying saucer and then they go to a new, maybe that's why they're not worried about global warming because they can get to another planet. They're like, eh, well, where this, there's hundreds of millions of Earths. If you got the transportation. Dude, that's a great sci-fi movie. All right, Mel Gibson drives a cab. Hear me out. He's driving a cab and his conspiracy is that the super rich are keep going around from Earth to Earth around, around the universe or the solar system, gamma ray, whatever the fuck you call it. Um, and they, uh, they just keep using up countries, I mean, up planets and destroying the planets and leaving all these people behind. But why would that be bad? Then they're kind of keeping the race going, human race going. That'd be fucking hilarious if that if they actually do that. And then when this country's going under, they're like a human, like uh, like maybe that's the thing that they left off of Noah's Ark. Maybe Noah's Ark wasn't actually an ark; it was a fucking flying saucer. And not only did they he grab two fucking animals from each species, which really doesn't work out because they would all be interbred like fucking Dalmatians, right? Um. Maybe they did. They do that with people too. <clears throat> to white people, to black people, to Asians, to Latino, you know, through the whole fucking thing. <clears throat> You'd have to get more than that. That never works. The math never works out on that. Um, and as much as, uh, as much as organized religion comes down on people fucking around, it's the swingers that probably got us out of the inbred, the inbredness of Adam and Eve. You know what I mean? Like at some point, somebody had to like fucking, you know, I don't know, stretch it out a little bit. Uh, Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. Am I a banker cunt? Dear Billy Bankbuster, I'm a former police officer and current anti-money laundering analyst. That's got to be a fascinating job. Catching these people doing this shit. Um, I work for a private contractor that provides money laundering, fraud, and general financial crime investigation services to large and small banks worldwide. I was curious to get your opinion on my line of work. Wait, you do this for what? Large and small banks. Well, small banks are cool, right? For the most part. Private contractor provides money laundering, fraud, investigation. Okay. Oh, well, you're just sort of working for the bank. I don't know. But I mean, you, I, don't, I wouldn't say you're a banker cunt because it's also like them not paying taxes on it causes them to charge regular people, i.e. people like me who don't know how to launder, launder money. <laughs> Before I act like I'm a good person. I'd launder money if I knew how to do it. If it wasn't so difficult, I got to have a fucking side business. I don't want to do all that. I got to go through the Canary Islands. Just take what you're going to take. I don't give a fuck. Um, Anyway, I was curious to get your opinion on my line of work. As you always take the banks to task and call them out on their bullshit, all of which I agree with. Ultimately, the reason my job exists and the reason banks hire my services is to cover their own ass and avoid sanctions and monetary loss. At the same time, though, I feel the work I do is genuinely helpful to people. I, I would agree with that. 
And also, if they start losing money, they're not. Lo- they don't lose money. They pass it on to the to the to the jerk offs that work all week and, and put their money in there. So you're helping to prevent a bank from failing. And when a bank fails, the people running the bank keep all their money. We all get fucked. Anyways, examples of some of the things I investigate include human trafficking. I mean, that's one of the greatest things you could ever try and stop. Terrorist financing, fantastic. And elder financial abuse. All right, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I feel like you're acting like you don't know what, you know. I don't know. Am I a good guy? I feel like you're, you're reaching out for compliments here. You're trying to stop fucking pedophiles, pimps, terrorists, and people that take advantage of old people. Am I as bad as the bankers, goo goo gaga? I know what you're doing. I know when somebody's fucking searching for a... Oh, you motherfucker. I'll never get those five minutes back that it took me to read those four sentences. I mean, I'm helping old people across the street. Does that make me bad too? You know, maybe this isn't you. Maybe this is the cheesesteak, you know. But it's not the cheesesteak. It's the fried onions and all of the other fucking bullshit on there. You know what's funny is I actually bonded with uh, Joe Bartnick, who has an amazing special out. Um, We're just putting the clips out, and his whole special is going to drop all things comedy. Uh, Look for those clips. His special is just like, you watch it, you're like, it feels like it was shot now, and also it could have been any time before that. It's just timeless. It's just fan- it's fantastic. I'm so proud to have my name on that special. Um, anyway, um, I just completely fucking, fo- I just went down that fucking road. I completely forgot what I was going to, what was I talking about? Cheesesteaks. I was talking about human trafficking. I was talking about laundering money. I was talking about uh, uh, giant people, flying saucers, Mel Gibson. Yeah, it's gone. Just like that. And just like that, it's gone. You know what else is gone? My time to do this podcast because I have to go to the gym. I am on the green shirt diet. Billy green shirt, all right? My wife bought me this beautiful, you know, British ration green button down shirt. And I've never been able to get into it because she got it right as the pandemic was kicking in. And I've, I've been walking around this fucking weight and it fucking ends now. All right, I'm going to the gym. Go fuck yourselves and I'll check in on you on Thursday.